This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, all our Torah Anytime viewers. Uh, tonight, we are going to um, speak about a interesting topic. This is a, a topic that is going to prove, um, not that it needs to be proven because it was proven already multiple times, but it's going to prove with a hundred percent. Accuracy, and there's not going to be any question the validity of Christianity and how it is 100% fake, and how JC and Jesus was, it was, is, and will never be the Messiah. So that is, uh, so this class is more like of the search of the truth. The reason why we're putting it in here today is because we've recently been speaking a lot about Mashiach, about the end of days. So we are going to dedicate this class on, on showing who is not the Mashiach. And by doing that, we'll be able to learn on what the Mashiach really is supposed to do. So we're going to show how what he did, which was nothing. And then we're going to see what the Mashiach was supposed to do, which is going to be everything. And then you're going to be able to also learn and understand what the Mashiach um, will be when he comes. So... The, um, you know, before, like, maybe it was a week or so ago, I was, um, I came across this test. It was a test on how well do you know the New Testament? And I was like one of these, like, weird online, uh, you know, um, quizzes. So I was like, listen, you know, I'm going to be speaking about the New Testament, you know, let's see how I do. And, you know, and it said over there on the bottom, let's see how you do. You know, 90% of Christians don't even uh, pass this test. So I'm like, all right, fine. You know, let me, let's see. I'm going to be speaking about it. Might as well, uh, let's see if I know what I'm talking about. So I took the test. After I took the test and I got my results back, I didn't know if I should laugh or cry. And the reason for that is, is that um, I, I got a hundred. <laughs> and that bothered me. And then that, you know, in a way like why, it, it, 90% of Christians cannot score this. And yet a Jew who doesn't believe in Christianity knows more about Christianity than Christians do which shows you that the majority of the Christian world does not know what they follow. They don't know what they're believing in. And uh, in, in fact, you could even speak to most, you shouldn't speak to most Christians, but if you do speak to most, and I've, I've spoken to people that are in the, um, you know, conversion process, you know, when did they start getting out of Christianity? When they started looking into it. When they started asking questions and they started, you know, generally speaking, you know, the, the church doesn't like it. Oh, this is something that reminds me of the church. After I took the test, it gave me our results and it says, you've made your church real proud today. And I'm like, um, I don't think this is going to work well for the church <laughs> that I got, well, you know, a hundred, uh, but um, yeah, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But it's, it's, uh, um, it's interesting how they know nothing about their own religion. They don't know anything about their own religion, yet, at the same time, they try to evangelize, they try to bring all the nations of the world to Christianity, specifically Jews. If they get like a Jew, that's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a gold medal. You know, you get anybody else, like maybe copper, but you get a Jew, like, oh man. And this is something that's been bothering me for a long time. Why? Because they have been trying to convert me for so long already. Ever since I started, my had a presence online, I've been getting nonstop you know, like, do you accept the Lord and Jesus as your Savior or something? No. Um, you know, or like most of the time I just don't even answer. Like, I'm like, why do you even try? I'm like, apparently, when I speak to them, I, I know more about your religion than you do. And you don't know what you're talking about. And then after a few times, there was one guy actually, that he ended up leaving Christianity. He first came over to me and he wanted to go and he wanted to prove me, not from America, not from America. From, uh, from somewhere else in the world. Um, and he wanted to uh, convince me to believe in JC. So, uh, you know, after, for some reason I decided to speak to that, this one. It was through email. And a short while after that, we're going back and forth. And, uh, and then suddenly I decided, I went really strong. I'm like, you know, I have no, t- I didn't tell him I have no time to do it. I, I just basically went straight out through like this 100% idol worship, gave him all the sources, gave him all the proofs. And then, listen, I figured, you know what? Never gonna hear from him again. Well, at least it's off my back. 
About a week or so later, he emails me back, and he says, um, I see you're right. And I was like, did I tell you guys this story? I didn't tell you. And I'm like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I have to redo this. Because I've, I've been trying to get Jews who believe in JC to do that, and it, it hasn't been as easy in this. And then I read it, I, I read it back. I'm like, I couldn't, I had to rub my eyes. I'm like, he's like, I see you're right. What should I do now? I'm like, I, I quickly took like screenshots, like everything, like just so I remember. Like, look, this is some guy who at least when he sees the truth, he was able to, okay, fine. I'm, you know, I see that I'm wrong. Majority. Because he's not a Jew. If he was a Jew, the Yetzirah the, the would not let him see Could it. be. It could be. It's possible, um, but but the the big issue is is that there's the majority of the world. This is currently the largest religion, uh, soon going to be uh, you know overcome by uh, Islam. But right now it's the largest religion, and majority of them don't know what they're what they're not what they're preaching, not what they're reading, not what they're not who they're praying for. So today we're going to prove them all wrong, and we're going to prove it not easily. It's going to be if you're blind then you're not going to be able to see the truth. It's, but you have to be willing to be able to open your eyes and see the truth. And if you are, there's no, there's no doubt in your mind that's going to be at the end of this class, Hashem, that it is 100% false, 100% uh, fake. Now, why do I care so much? So, okay, people bother me. That's not why I need to, you know, for therapy. I don't need to come and speak and scream about, about it. I could deal with that myself. But why is it that I'm bringing it up? There, um, the, the, the church which is actually a variety of churches, they spent over $300 million to evangelize Jews particularly. $300 million a year to try to get Jews to convert to Christianity. And um, they have succeeded a bit because in the past 25 years, it's estimated about 275,000 Jews converted to Christianity. So that is one of the main reasons why we're presenting this information uh, today. And not too long ago, I actually had a conversation with a woman from Israel. A woman from Israel who, uh, that, that was actually a quite a long conversation. It was actually, a, you know, a few conversations because she believes in the New Testament. She's a Jewish woman in Israel. I had to speak to her and we had this conversation in Hebrew, how to prove that the, the New Testament is nothing. But she believes in it so much and she's like, no, but it is. And it's, like they went and they spent so much time and effort and money on the Jews in Israel to go and try to get them to, uh, to convert to Christianity. So, unfortunately, this is a class that we do have to, uh, present. So now, the Christians, the way that they try to get the Jews um, to Christianity is that they try to prove it from our Torah. So they take the, the Torah and they start saying, okay, listen, here's a proof here, here's a proof there. And they try, this is how they trick you. This is how you have all these Messianic, you know, the Jews for Jesus. Uh, that's all like Messia- Messianic Judaism where they say you could be Jewish, but you could also believe in JC and then you're going to be whatever. Everything's going to be okay for you. And in fact, if you go down King's Highway, I've seen this recently. Oh, yeah. You have it spray painted on the floor, something for shalom, or something like in Hebrew. Hey, what is that? And I was walking with my wife, and I said, I didn't know what that was. And I said, I saw, I, I just saw the ad, it was, it was like on top, I, I should have taken a picture of it. On top it said something in Hebrew, it had like maybe a mug and dove it or something, I know, or a menorah, and then at the bottom it says in search of shalom, and something like that. So, I go to my wife, and I'll give you, like 99%, this is this messianic. How do I know that for sure? First of all, God, Jews are not spray painting on the floor, you know, yeah, hey, you know, come over here. That's that's true also. So um, so I decided I'm like let's see. I go and I go into their website. And by the way, it's, you have to know how to look. Some of these things they won't you know they'll start bringing you Tanakh and verses, and you'll see a rabbi there with a big beard and maybe even have a kippah on his head, or and he'll go and he'll start speaking about uh, you know the the weekly parsha and things like that, and everything's nice and dandy. But if you look for something, generally speaking, you could find it. This is an easy tip to do it. If you're going on a site, this is why you have to be careful when you go on websites and you want to learn about Torah online. You have to be careful that you're doing it from a reputable source. There are many sources. People have sent me places where like, I'm like, what do you think about the, about this article, about the, this week's parasha? 
And I started reading it, and uh, something just tasted off. I mean, this guy was quoting the Zohar, he was quoting the Gemara, and he was quoting everything, but something just felt a little bit off. So um, I decided to do it. I didn't even bother finishing reading that. And what I did was, is I did control F, which is fine, you know, so you're searching. I don't, I don't know how this works on, on Apple products. I'm assuming it's something similar. Um, it is. So I did, I searched the entire page. I searched, let's try, uh, you know, J-E-S-U-S, see what comes up with that. And nothing came up. I'm like, okay, fine, let's try something else. I tried Y-E-S-H-U, um, or something, and I searched for that, and one, and one thing came up. All the way at the bottom, like, some, you know, it said, it said over there, and it snuck in there something about JC. That's how you know already that it's, it's, uh, you know, if it's bringing in anything with that, you could, you could already throw it out the, out the window. Or if you know any of the, any of the books of the New Testament, you just search any of those, they'll come up over there, you just, you know, chuck the entire computer out, because now your computer isn't pure. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's, uh, you know, stay away from those pages, don't even bother, uh, visiting those sites. So what they do is, is that they take Judaism, they, and they cover it over with something that is, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jewish, and then they sneak in the, the Christianity, but they try to prove it from the Jude- Judaism. How, how is this comparable to? So I heard this from Abtovia Singer, which is, by the way, is one of the specialists in the field. And if anybody wants to do more research on this, I suggest you go look him up, uh, Rabbi Tovia Singer. He, um, he's very, very famous in this. He wrote a book, uh, on it, um, and I forgot what what it's called, but um, but but he said he said this uh, this parable, this mashal, like this. He says, you know, there was once a uh, you know a prince that got out of his uh, his palace and he's walking in the woods, and as he's walking in the woods, he passes by a tree, and in the tree he sees a you know a target like the bullseye target, and an arrow smack in the middle of the target. He's like, wow, you know, that guy's good. And he walks a few, you know, paces, yards, whatever you're talking about back in those days, uh, further, and he sees another target with another arrow, bullseye. And he's like, wow, this guy's two for two. And he keeps on walking every few yards, every, you know, he sees another target and another bullseye and another one. He's like, he's like, I, you know, I gotta bring this guy back for, for dad's army. You know, this guy's gonna be amazing. So they go and he goes and he starts walking nonstop every single one, bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. After like, you know, like he sees like 20, 30 of these, he sees a, you know, this, this uh, fat man sitting on the branch eating, you know, his, his, his food, uh, you know, singing his songs, being very jolly. So the guy says, you know, and he sees he has like the, the archery, the bow and the, and the arrows. And he says, are you the, are you the, you know, the guy who's shooting all these arrows? And he says, indeed I am. So he says, you have got, I mean, I've never seen somebody with such, you know, perfect, you know, you know, precision that you have to come back to the king's house. You got to be, you got to work for, for my father. So the guy starts laughing. So he says, so he says, well, you know, the prince says, why are you laughing? I'm going to pay you really well, trust me. So he says, he says, what do you think? You think I'm that good? He says, first I shoot the arrow, then I walk over to the tree, and then I paint the circle around the arrow where I landed in it. That's how Christians use the, the, the Torah. First they create up their make-believe story, and then they go, and then they paint the Torah around them. Be like, you see? Here is how you can prove it. So they distort the entire meaning. Case in point, the, um, they say that there is proof from Isaiah, that um, that there is uh, um, a virgin birth, because uh, you know the Christian faith believes that uh, uh, JC was born from a virgin Mary, and um, we all know that there was obviously a very different situation. But good, you know, I don't, I, you know, it's, it's funny because when she she was probably thinking, okay, like what excuse am I going to give so I don't get in trouble in this? And then she was like, I got it, you know. <laughs> Immaculate conception. Everyone's gonna buy it. I'm like, uh, like, who is gonna buy that? But apparently everyone did. So, um, so they prove it from the Torah, from, from Isaiah. They say that it says the word Alma. And they say Alma means that Alma is gonna give birth. And Alma, they say, means a virgin. The problem is, no, it doesn't. It doesn't, and it never was, and never will mean a virgin. Betula means a virgin. Alma means a young woman. A young, and in nowhere, so they change the words to fit their meaning. 
Now, this is why I get, I, you know, get, it becomes, makes me really frustrated when I speak to, um, to these people and we're arguing back and forth on what the words mean. I'm like, listen, I'm like, first of all, do you even speak Hebrew? Do you even speak Lashon HaKodesh? Do you know how to, if you open up a, a, a Torah in Hebrew, are you able to translate it? So 95%, uh, you know, that's being conservative, 99.9% of them always say no. So I'm like, I speak the language. I could read it. I could write it. I could, you know, I could c- communicate in it. And I understand it. You're telling me, you're basically coming to my home, you know, it's like, it's like someone coming into your home and telling you where the living room is, or the dining room is, or the bathroom is. I'm like, I live here, I know where it is. You're, the Jewish people had the Torah for the, over 3,300 3, years. We know what the words mean. All of a sudden, the Christians came up and be like, no, you got it all wrong all along, it really means this. No, it doesn't. You don't even read the language. So, the... Um, you know, and, and this is how the, the Christians, what they try to do is they try to go and they, they create this entire thing. Like, Jews for Jesus, I read this, uh, this line, I thought it's great. It says, it's, you know, as, it, that equates to like someone who tells you, I have kosher pork. It was slaughtered, it was blessed, and it's all kosher. Like, that's what Jews for Jesus really means. So, let's start speaking a little bit about, uh, JC, Jesus. So, did he exist? This is actually a question that is asked. And if, first of all, the, the fact that this question asks is a very big, bad, boo-boo for the Christian church, because why are people asking if he existed or not? You're talking about a guy who now changed the entire world. Now the question is, did he exist? Now why does it co- why is this a question? Because this is a question even from the secular sources. Sources, There is no contemporary accounts of him. Besides the New Testament, there's nobody like, you know, like Jerusalem today, you know, 19, whatever, whatever the year, you know, back there was, like zero, you know, you know, common era. There was never like, you know, JC was, you know, today he crossed, he split the sea, and today he did, nothing, nothing was ever written about him, and, and, and it's not like, okay, listen, who do, we don't have, we have records from those times. There were, there was, I think, roughly 41 historians living at that time. Not one of them say anything about JC. Now, don't you think that if he resurrected the dead, if he fed 5,000 people, if he did all, don't you think historians would cover that? But even if it's fake, even if he has, somebody would have been like, okay, listen, let's check this guy out. Let's, and this is one guy who was, you know, he thinks he's the son of God. And this is, you know, at least something, but nothing, nothing was written about it. So now, this, why is it also such a problem? Because the Gospels, they claim that, the, that Jesus' ministry, he was famous across all the regions. And he was known by Herod and by Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was the guy, he was a Roman governor of Judea. He was the guy who actually crucified uh, JC. So, and you know, these people in their books and their records were kept in. The Romans kept records. Nothing is mentioned about it. So this makes a very big problem for the, for the church. So uh, what the, there is one mention. There is one mention, and that's in Josephus. Josephus and Antiquities of the Jews. There is a mention about, about uh, JC. But everybody, without any, like, there's no, nobody that argues with it, all agree that it was a forgery. It was put inside there. They actually, many of them uh, claim that this is going to be, that this was somebody who put it in, was by the name of Eusebius, uh, which is a Christian scholar, uh, actually a uh, priest, if I'm not mistaken, that we're going to actually speak about him uh, later. But everybody agrees that it's a forgery. Why is it a forgery? Because it's not even, ri- it's written in a term of a, like a Christian. And then there was a guy who was so famous, so amazing, the son of God. You know, all these, like, these like fake stuff that nobody would write it. You know, Josephus was a Jew. He's not writing, he didn't follow Christianity. So... According to all accounts, he didn't exist in the outside world. Now you say, okay, listen, there is references to Yeshu, which is uh, the Hebrew term for, for JC, in the Talmud. That's what the, some of them claim. So now let's look at that. The, um, by the way, Sebus was a bishop. He was a bishop, bishop of Caesarea. So he, um, in the Talmud, 
It speaks about Yeshu in a few places. First of all, you can look in the Gemara and Bachot, the Gemara Sanhedrin. It talks about Yeshu HaNotri. Now, the problem with that is that if you do the, you know, the time frame, these, these Yeshus that it speaks about in Talmud do not really match up to the Yeshu in, uh, which is the JC in the current, uh, you know, time era with them. So, the, the, you know, J, when was JC born? There's actually, they, they argue with that. Luke and Matthew have machloket. They're not sure which one, when he was born. One says it was six common era. Another one says about ten years after that, which is um, before, you know, BCE. So, they're not really sure. But roughly he was born, they say, in that, in that time frame. The Yeshu in the Gemara speaks about one of them is 150 BCE. So you're talking about over 150 years before he even came into existence. And the other one is about 100 years after he came into existence. So none of them have, and both of them, they died a completely different way. They were both stoned. He was crucified. Um, they were both, uh, you know, stoned. So, it, you know, it's very unlikely that this was actually referring to uh, to him. Now, the next thing is the Gospels. The Gospels were written, you know, by the... Um, you know, the pupils, well, they, really, they never really met him, but um, the first gospel that was written was Mark. Mark was written in the year 60 Common Era. JC, I think, if I'm not mistaken, died in the mid-30s. So that's, you're talking about about 30 years, 25 to 30 years after he died, came the first New Testament book. That was the first one. So the first gospel, I'm sorry, the first gospel that came out was 25 to 30 years afterwards. So the question is, what happened? What was during that time frame? Why didn't they go and they write it? If this is, you know, and if you think about it, it makes sense. Because if you want to go and make a fabrication about somebody, it's much easier to do it after he died and be like, oh, remember what happened over there? You know, the Jewish nation didn't start like that. The Jewish nation was, you know, three million people came and sat in front of the Sinai. The Torah was given. And it said over there, you know, you, I took you out of Egypt. I did this. I did this. We're talking about what God did to the Jewish nation. And nobody said, oh, you know what? Listen, this never happened. Because it did happen. But over here, it's kind of convenient that a way that it worked out, that all of a sudden it came out 25 to 30 years afterwards, and then all of a sudden the New Testament came into being. So, the, um, and also the, the crucifixion, which if you look at the, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 27 and Luke chapter 23, it says, it gives an in-depth account that there was a big eclipse during the 6th and ninth hour. The sun went out, it went all dark, and then there was an earthquake and the greaves, like it was like a crazy situation. Like, that's something, you know, if there's an eclipse and then there's an earthquake together, that's something that the news should pretty much cover that. Be like, oh, this was a crazy day today and, you know, blah, 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 AD, you know, and this is what happened, it was, you know, and the resurrected, you know, all these things should have been covered, but they weren't, which means, well, you guys can figure out what that means. So, the, um, and, and the, 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 the Christian church, they claim that, uh, Christianity claims that everything is unity with the, with the Old Testament is in unity with the, with the New Testament. Um, which, which, um, it, it's like, it's like saying black and white are the same color. It's literally like unity, they, there couldn't be more contradictions that, that, it just, words cannot even come out of my mouth to explain them. Like, how does that even make sense? And they're, and this is how their preachers go. And they're like, oh yeah, the Old Testament, the New Testament, completely unified, absolutely no problems with it. So, let's go through some problems. The, um, first of all, the, 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 the Christianity believes in something called the Trinity. The Trinity, they believe that, um, that God is a three-part. He is, the, there's God, then there is the Son, and then there's the Holy Ghost. And together they form the Trinity, and that is um, that is Christianity. Now, that's like idolatry 101. This is like literally like okay, you're, you're, they they literally uh, put JC as a god. They put him as a god, which we're going to soon see. There's a whole world of problems that it opens up, but they consider him a god. That is in itself already idolatry, and. And in fact, we'll bring some sources. Let's bring some sources from the New Testament. Jesus, Jesus said in John sixteen fourteen, "All things that the Father hath are mine." 
I'm assuming half. I probably should have checked this up. It was like it was a Shakespeare talk. It's like half. So um, basically him and God are one. John 5.22. The father judges no one but has assigned all judgments to the son. Right? You can see he's a serious ego. John 10.30. I and the father are one. Thank you. Thank you very much. The um, They also... The, the, so, so technically they, they believe like God came in an incarnation. He came into a, a human body, which is uh, JC, and then he died and whatever, you know, uh, the, the rest is history. We know in the, in Numbers, in Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, it says straight out, God is not mortal, that he should lie, and God is, is, uh, nor a man that he should change his mind. Very, very obviously that he is not anything that is mortal, and this this in itself, by the way, we could have stopped this class, like, already four times already, and that we would have been enough. But we're going to go forward, but just in this in itself is already just refused the entire the entire thing. And the Talmud Yerushalmi in Tanit says straight out, if a man claims to be God, he's a liar. By the way, the people that still claim to be God nowadays, um, I've had conversations with, with one or two. <laughs> that what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh no, this is referring to in the Talmud Yerushalmi. It's based off, uh, yeah, it's based off that episode. What? Yeah, yeah. I, there was, I had a long conversation with some guy, and, and it took me a while because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, he can't mean that. So I kept on repeating that, and he kept on, you know, it was like, he was like, yeah, no, I created the world. But he was, it was like, he was saying basically how, how we're all a part of God. I'm like, okay, I understand that, but you're not God. He's like, no, but, but I am. He says, I'm like, no, but you're not. And we were going back and forth, and I was like, okay, listen, you know, it was after a certain point in time that you got to call the men in the white coats. There's not much more I can do. But uh, the, the guy, there are people literally think that they are God. They and then they have, Ill. yeah, uh, listen, you know how many people I have that come to me that they're the Messiah? <laughs> you know, that's okay. That I understand already. I'm like, that I could deal with. I'm like, okay, fine. So you think, I had a guy that once sent to me, he's like, he's like, what do I got to do to be the Messiah of Israel? These guys wasn't Jewish. No. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, well, you got to go to college. Uh, you got to get a Messiah degree. And, you, you know, you got to have connections. And then hopefully, you know, you find the right people. You can be the Messiah. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how do I become the Messiah? So, um, whatever. But this is, you know, people have, people have their, their thoughts. But, uh, you know, yeah. So, there's also another thing that's in the, in the, in the New Testament that there is, it's something called mediation, which means is you cannot go and, and reach God only through JC. And if you look at one of the sources, the source is John 14, 6. No man can come unto the Father but by me. Now, what, what JC is really saying is like, you cannot go and speak to God only through JC because that's the only ticket in there. But we know, you look at Tehillim in Psalms, chapter 145, verse 18. God is close to all that call out to Him, who all that call out to Him in, in Emet, with truth. says God doesn't need, God is all-knowing, all-powerful. He doesn't need a middleman and be like, okay, listen, you know, I got a bodyguard over here, everyone's got to go through JC because, you know, he's going to wean everybody out. I don't want to deal with the weirdos. You know, and he's going to deal with everything. No, nowhere does it say that except that it's, that it's diametrically opposite of what the Torah represents. The Torah represents there is nothing. You go straight to God. We don't need any middleman. The, um, you know, the, the, the Messiah is supposed to accomplish certain things. Uh, an example. Let's give you some examples, then we're going to go through them in detail. First of all, in Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 26, he's supposed to build the third temple. He is supposed to gather all the Jews to back to the land of Israel. That's Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 5. He's supposed to usher an era of world peace. Suffering and diseases should be seizing, should seize. Uh, that's Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 4. 
And then there's going to spread our universal knowledge of the God of Israel. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9. And we're going to go through it. Obviously, you know, he accomplished none of that. Um, let's uh, go. And I know this is also very important. The Messiah is supposed to come from a human being, like a man and a woman are going to have a child, and the child is going to be fully human, and that's going to be the Messiah, not somebody who's going to come down from heaven and going to be incarnated into a, some sort of, uh, you know, a virgin woman. No, it's going to be a human being. The... You know, so we know that uh, we said before that in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 5, that it's supposed to gather all the Jews back to Israel. The problem was is that when, uh, so anybody know here when was the destruction of the first temple? About 68, 70 uh, common era, right, during that, that time frame. J.C. died at about 34, which means is he lived and died during when the temple was still was still up and was, was you know, it was still alive, if, you, if we may. And, what? Well, the second one. The second one. And after, you know, he, so... This in itself it doesn't even make sense to me. I'm like, he, how is it possible that he built the third temple when it's up, when the second temple is still standing? It was already there. So, um, and also, not only that, not only, um, you know, and also the Jews were in Israel. It was, you know, they got expelled. I mean, we know we have the, you know, the Assyrian exile, which was, you know, the ten, the ten tribes got exiled. But we had a majority of Jews were, you know, well, actually not the majority, but a big bulk of the Jews were already living in Israel. We got it. And with the, the funny thing is that we got it, not funny for us, but funny for that it doesn't make sense. The, we got expelled out of Israel after he died. So when the Messiah is supposed to gather all the Jews to Israel, he comes, he comes, and then he leaves, and then the Jews get expelled. The, um, and the, also the, you know, the, it says that the entire, in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 9, the entire world will be filled with the knowledge of God. Not only did that not happen, first of all, the, um, even in the Christian faith itself, they argue so much. There's so many different denominations, and everyone argues with the other one, everyone believes something else, and, you know, and they actually, like, some of them don't, like, it's like actually like a real like separation, like two different beliefs. So not only that, but a majority of the world is still worshiping idols. So where is the Timalah and where is the land that's full of the knowledge of God? Furthermore, the Messiah is supposed to be a king of the Jews. JC was in his entire career of being the Messiah, he was never the king of anything. Um, he, in fact, it lasted for about three years, and after after he was crucified. All he was known by was just maybe like a wandering preacher, maybe a faith healer. But he had no position as a king of Israel. And in fact... Was he ever like a faith healer or something like that? He pretended to heal the blind. I don't know. He did some... Did uh, he ever do that? Did he, we, who, I don't know. I, they say that he did. But you know how many... They say there's, there's a guy, I think, in uh, somewhere in India or something like that that also says he could do that. Um, now he's alive. He has uh, um, so so just because they you know that they say it doesn't mean that it happened. Again, we we don't have any contemporary accounts other than the the New Testament on on his life. So, um, you know, besides not holding any official power, he also um, you know this is very interesting because like not one rabbi ever like endorsed him. Be like, you know what? Maybe this guy is the Messiah. Like, no one from his community said, yeah, this guy is like. How can you say that he's the Messiah where everybody rejected him? Like, even Shabtai Tzvi, which we'll, we'll speak next class, you know, people, at least, you know, for him, some people actually thought that he was maybe the Messiah, which we'll speak about, it. we'll speak about Bezat Hashem next, next, uh, the next class. But, JC, nobody, like, like, not one person was like, you know what, maybe, I don't know, let's wait it, like, nobody, 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 nobody. So, the entire world, you know, did not believe him, except who did he have? He had a few of his followers, which were, let's leave that. Hmm. Oh, no, you don't need to go to that. So, 
um, and the, the fact that they're supposed to, you know, bring uh, peace into the world. Not only has not there not been peace in the world, but in fact, the Christian church in itself was the cause of many wars. The Crusaders, how many millions of Jews had to die from the Spanish Inquisition, from the Crusaders, again and again, from what? From the Christian church. So not only did he not bring peace, he actually brought war. And in fact, he even quotes this, he even says this in, uh, in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. He says, I'm going to quote, Do not assume that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Again, Luke 12, 51. Do you think that I have come to bring peace into the earth? No! I have come to divide the people against each other. That's a quote from inside. So how, what type of Messiah is not even going and not even uh, um, bringing peace into the world, which is one of the fundamentals that they're supposed to do. So, Again and again, we see things that obviously do not make him the Messiah. So what does the church say? Now, I like to, if I'm going and if I'm, if I'm, you know, questioning a religion, questioning a faith, or questioning anything, let's hear what they have to say. You always have to be, you know, how, how does a Jew think? Okay, I'll say my opinion, but let me see what the other people think, and then let's see if we can answer them. And that's the way that I present. So what do the, what do the Christian church say on all these things? One answer. Two words. Second coming. No, second coming. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be like a take two, and it's gonna come back, and everything is gonna happen. The problem with that is, is that nowhere, and I mean nowhere does it ever say, not in the oral law, not in the written law, not in your Kabbalistic law, you know, law, nothing, 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 nothing does it say that there's going to be a second coming. Messiah doesn't need two takes. It's one time and he's going to do, his, he's going to do the job. Nowhere does it say that it's going to be a second coming. So, furthermore, you know, the, how, how they preach that all you have to do is believe in JC and then, you know, you don't have any, you don't have to worry, all your sins get forgiven. That doesn't, nowhere does that work either in the Torah. There is no such thing as, as one person atoning for the, for, for, for the entire generation. There is, and I do have to clarify, there is times where, let's say, a righteous person will die, or young kids will die, so that it will prevent from serious tragedies from happening to the Jewish nation. That does exist. But that doesn't mean that everybody that sinned, all of a sudden their slate is clean. Everybody, whoever sinned, you, if, if somebody did a sin, you can't say, okay, well, that guy suffered really bad for my sin. That doesn't work that way. Where's the justice in that? There's absolutely, we know God is a just God. If you messed up, you're going to be held responsible for it. Stop blaming other people for it and stop hoping for other people to go and, and, cover, uh, and cover for yourself. Can I something? Yeah. There is Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. Yeah. One of them is going to die. Mashiach ben Yosef. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe that has something to do with him coming... Dying for things, quote unquote, and coming back. So the coming, quote unquote. The problem with that is is that number one, the Mashiach and Yosef and Mashiach and David are two different people, coming from two different tribal lines. So it can't be the same person because one is from Mashiach ben Yosef, he comes from the tribe of Ephraim, and the other one, Mashiach ben David, comes from the tribe of, of uh, you know of Yehuda, of David and Yehuda. So it cannot be the same person. It's two different people, and there's also an, there's also an opinion that he doesn't have to necessarily die. Um, you know, there is, you know, we'll speak about it when we speak about the two Mashiachim. But, so it could be that's where they got lost, and that's where maybe they thought, but, um, you know, I don't know. I, you know, there's only so much that you could give somebody benefit of that, but when you mess up so much, it'd be like, alright, you know, it's time to, you know, look back at the roots. Okay, so this is part of one of my favorite parts. Um, they, the Bible says, the Bible, the Bible says that Messiah is supposed to come from where? From the line, from the tribe of uh, the Davidic dynasty. Right? So, there's a problem. And the problem is that if, first of all, where do we know this? We see this in Genesis chapter 49 verse 10 and Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 that the Mashiach is supposed to come from the line of David Melech. The problem with that is, is that who was J.C.'s father? God. God, does God come from the, tri- the Davidic tribe? Like what is, you know, like how is it possible for J.C. to come from the tribe of the kingdom of, of David if 
he wasn't his father. If you know who's so, so um, you know because apparently it was a virgin birth. You know Joseph had nothing to do with the situation. You know he was he was out. Um, he was doing this thing. So how is it possible that um, that JC comes from from uh, the Davidic dynasty? Okay, so let's look at what the Christian says. I actually did extensive research on this from the from the Christian side to see what they say. Um, and and by the way, anybody, there's absolutely no reason for anybody to bother with these things. If you want to look at my sources, by all means, you can email me. I'll send you my sources. I don't have a, a problem with that. But uh, this is not something that people have, should waste their time. And I really should have said this earlier. Um, I knew people that would go and um, like to fight against missionaries. Don't waste your time with missionaries. Um, missionaries are... You know, don't be like, okay, listen, I heard this class. You know, let's go t- test it out. You write your notes in it and be like, okay, I got you now. You know, because missionaries, I mean, you could if you want to waste some time, but there's absolutely no benefit that you're going to gain from it. Why? Because missionaries, first of all, they don't, they, they memorize their answers. They're like robots. Everything they say, and if you ask them a question, it's like very calm response right back at you and a different thing. Well, you know, if you just accept it, it's not asking so many questions. Everything's going to be, you know, the, everything is like very, or, you know, and, and it makes you very frustrated. Be like, but you're wrong. Be like, no, I'm right. You know, no, but you're wrong. Like, I'm right. You know, so it's like you know, you, you know, it's it's very frustrating. So you can, don't, you're not supposed to waste your time. So, um, and in fact, I knew somebody very close, very close to me that used to go, and I used to tell him all the time, stop. He used to go, and he used to always pick fights with missionaries. I'm like, why are you wasting your time with that? I'm like, but if anything, go fine. Try to do kiwuv on a Jew. Better than trying to, you know, change a change a, a, mission, a missionary. So now. Okay, so now what, um, what the, New Ta- the New Testament had a problem over here because um, the, you know, G- they had to show that J.C. comes from the line of the Davidic dynasty. So they did, and what they did was is that they wrote in two different places the lineage of J.C. There's, a, there's in Matthew and there's in Luke. There's a lineage going from J.C. all the way back to, to King David, line by line. So just in case you aren't sure, everything was, was, ba- was back to back. So... Um, there's a few problems with that. Number one, and this we're going to deal with later, that Joseph, you know, it, it says, so here, here's, by the way, um, I'm going to show you this little uh, thing that I, you know, uh, created over here, this little paper. So you can see this one is from Matthew and this one is from Luke. The first thing, by the way, this, I didn't, just didn't bother doing all the genealogy, but it goes way, way up there. And as you can see, so, you know, JC starts on the bottom, you know, so far so good. Joseph, so far so good. And then this is the third one where they hit, they hit a problem. Be like, what's going on over here? Two different people. You know, Joseph's father had two different, and, and they are fathers, also different people. And if you keep on going, get completely contradictory. I think it's like 22 contradictory things between the lineage from Matthew to the lineage of, of Luke. So the question is, how is it possible? I'm like, well, what do you, you know, like, that was something that's such a big question. I'm like, okay, listen, they gotta answer it. So let's see what they, uh, what they answer. So, the first person that I wanna, I wanna give you the, the serious answer. We're gonna go a little bit deep into, uh, um, their thought process. And this is guy by the guy by the name of Eusebius. Eusebius, um, he wrote a book, and he in the book he explains this um, um, this this phenomenon, how he he really consolidates the whole thing. He is actually known as, um, if I'm not mistaken, he's like the father of the church history. He was like very big in the church. Um, so his his uh, um, his basically word has a, has a strong impact on it. Okay, so now let's see if we could uh, if we could uh, tackle this. Okay, so now the. We'll start off over over here. So th- this guy, Methan, he had um, he had a wife, and this wife, which is which was name was Esther. You guys can see. Let's zoom it in over here on the camera so they can see. Okay, and I'll explain to you what he says. Uh, let me explain to you what he says first. He says over here that Jacob and Heli are brothers. 
You guys are following me so far? Jacob and Hilly, these guys are brothers. And he says, this is how he consolidates. And how does that work? So follow me through this um, episode of Jerry Springer. So now, Matthew, he goes and he has a wife, Esther. Now, the, then he, he has a child, uh, Jacob. But the problem is then this guy dies. Right? So he put a big X on him. He dies. So then she went and she married this guy. I guess she likes the name. So she married a very similar name, different people. She marries this guy and she has a son, Hili. Um, but, so now, these two are brothers from the same mother, but they share different fathers. So far, so good? Okay. Then he goes on like this. And then he goes on and he says, now, Hili married a woman. That W in the middle is a woman. And he didn't have any, he didn't have any child. So, Jacob went, and there's a law of Yibum. What's Yibum? That if you have a brother that has, gets married, and he doesn't have any children, there is an obligation for the brother to marry the, the first brother's wife, because through what happens, through that child, the first brother lives, lives on. It's sort of like, it's, if you could say a reincarnation, whatever, the first brother lives on. So this is how he explains Eusebius. He explains like this. He says, though, Healy died, no children. Then Jacob, uh, you know, then she married uh, Jacob uh, through Yibum, and then they had a child by the name of Joseph. And that's why here is Joseph over here and Joseph over here, because it's really the same. And they, they have different, uh, um, and he says, because this is the father, because it's really both of them, because it's through Yibum. So it's it's continuation of his thing. You follow me so far? Mm-hmm. Sounds nice and dandy, right? Looks like he did a good job in it. The problem is, he didn't. Um, and this is why. So now, mm-hmm. let's try to understand the simple laws of Yibum. The the laws of Yibum is like this. The, if you look at the Rambam, right? the Halacha 1, in chapter 1, it says it is a positive commandment from the Torah for a man to marry the widow of his paternal brother. And this is very, very important because it is only applicable to a paternal brother. Now, the, and in fact, he goes on in Halacha, in chapter 1, Halacha 7, in the same, in the same uh, section over there. He says, maternal brothers are considered bro- on- to be brothers only within regards of mourning and the, and regards of witnesses. However, with the regards to laws of inheritances, the laws of Yibam and Chalitza, they are considered as if they do not exist. Which means this. So we look back over here. We know these guys are brothers by, not by sharing the same father, but by sharing the same mother. Which means this, there is no obligation for Yibum. There is absolutely no obligation for Yibum because we know the tribal, the um, the fraternity is only derived from the father and the father of Lon. And we see this in Genesis chapter 42 verse 13 where the 12 brothers, what do they say? B'nai ish echad, we are the son of one father. They have four different mothers. But we're the son of one father. And uh, if you look at the Aur HaShulchan, Simen Kuf Nun Zayin. And he says, if let's say you have the case similar to this. You have two brothers and they share a mother. And uh, let's say they, okay, so we said you, you don't have that, but can you do Yibam on that? He says, not only are you not supposed to do Yibam on that, but you're not allowed to do Yibam on that. And if you do that, that's an Isul Elva. That is a very, very serious thing. You are not allowed to do Yibam on that. So what he just proved, basically, is now, besides JC being an illegitimate child, now his father Joseph is also an illegitimate child because he was in a, a, a situation where he shouldn't have come with it. So... Obviously, he didn't know the laws of Yibum. He thought this looked nice and dandy. And in fact, the majority of people, you look at that, you'd be like, okay, you see this, he, he figured it out. The problem is, no, he didn't. He didn't figure it out because he just made things a lot more complicated. Is that clear? Did that make it very clear? Okay. It's very, he doesn't present it in such clarity, so, okay. So now, so then they, they say, okay, and there's other answers that they give. Okay, this didn't work, let's try something else. They say, listen, he says, um, you know why we could consider this the line? The line, because, you know, because really, there's nothing to do with Joseph. He has nothing to do with him. He wasn't, he's not even related to him. He comes from God. 
If he goes with God, so what's Joseph even doing in the picture? That has nothing to do with it. So they answer like this. They say, no, because he was adopted by Joseph. Joseph raised him. So if Joseph raised him, so that means you're, it's, when you raise a child, we know it is. Uh, that is true. It's considered as if your own child. What's the problem with that? Again, because they don't know anything. The problem with that is, is that if you're a Kohen or a Levi, and you go and you adopt somebody, and you adopt a child, does that child become a Kohen or Levi? Absolutely not. A hundred percent no. Uh, the tribal affiliation is only from the father and the father alone. You could adopt a thousand people. They're not changing their tribal affiliation. Whatever their paternal father was, that who is their tribe. So this whole thing is null and void. Not only because, it, and even furthermore, they say, you know, there's even another answer. I was looking all over for these, for these things. They say, you know why it's two conflicting things? Because one of them is from Mary's lineage. The other one, Luke is from Mary's lineage. Matthew is from Joseph's lineage. Problem again. We don't care about the woman's lineage. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all who the mother comes from. She could come from, the, you know, King David directly. That doesn't mean that she's, if, if the woman could come from Aaron Akon, but if she marries somebody who's Israel, the child is Israel. It doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. So, the, um, so all this, so then why is this such a big problem? Because we know, and we quoted the Pasuk, Pasukim in the Torah, that in order to be the Messiah, you have to come from the tribe, uh, from the Davidic dynasty. JC did not fulfill that criteria. He did not even come close to fulfilling that criteria. And even if you go to anything that they say, it's all problematic. Everything that we, everything that they presented, we uh, shut down because it does it, it makes zero zero sense. So the how much time? What are we in time? Okay. So now the let's see if I give you a little bit about Paul. You know so. Uh, Paul, you guys are familiar with Paul. So, Paul is. Paul's guy, his dude. Um, you know, he's a, he's a he's a New Testament uh, kind of guy. So uh, he actually lived in the time of you know in that time frame, and he was actually known first as Saul. And he was he started off as being very against the Christ, the Christianity, and he fought against it. And then all of a sudden, he got he went like MIA for like twelve years or something, um, twelve or thirteen years. And then suddenly he came back as Paul, like Saul became Paul, uh, new identity. And all of a sudden, he became a very very strong believer in JC, and he's very and he's pushed it very strong. And um, he was the one who actually. You know, introduced that, that this should be a new religion spread out from from Judaism. It's a break, it's going to be a breakaway minion. It's going to be a breakaway from uh, um, from Judaism. It's going to turn into a new religion. And he went, and they actually attribute a lot of um, you know of of the success. Well, it was terrible success, but uh, the reaching worldwide to him. That he was the one who was able to actually you know um, put, bring this to the public. So what did he say? He's not like this. This guy Paul. So he says, um, you know, man is evil and sinful. And he says, the Torah cannot save man. Why? Since its many commandments make it too difficult to keep. So the only thing that could prevent man's utter damnation in hell is the belief in JC. That's, that's what he says. So, first of all, it's absurd to think that God would give us a Torah that would be impossible to keep. I'd be like, yeah, let's, you know, he calls all the angels over. Let's, let's watch this. It's going to be so hard. They're going to be fail all the time. It's going to be like a fail, uh, you know, video. It's going to be hilarious. Like, God doesn't do that. If he gave you something, you had the ability to accomplish it. This is, by the way, a very important rule because if you ever get a test in life, any test, no matter what the test is, you know that you have the ability to overcome it. You have the ability because otherwise you wouldn't have got the test. And furthermore, the Christians, they maintain that the Jews, um, 
the, the Jews, even though they were right. The Jewish people were right. Um, we got the Torah, they believed in the Torah, but then it was like, you know, it got, you know, detoured into the Christian faith. Uh, we messed up, and God says, no more Jews, now we're doing Christianity. And how, the problem with that is, in the numerous places, places in the Torah, it says that the Torah will not be replaced, will never be replaced. Genesis 17, chapter 17, verse 9, Exodus chapter 31, verse 16, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 46, and there's more. And even for you look at, at the Deuteronomy, the Varim, chapter 13, verse 1. It says, All the things that I command you, you should be careful to do it. Do not add or detract anything from it. It says it straight out in the Torah. So how do you go and you come contradict your, the Torah that you believe in and say that it's unity? The, and furthermore, we said before also that God doesn't change his mind. We said in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie in, nor is he immortal that he changes his mind. God doesn't decide to change his mind. So, um, Paul said like this. Paul said the Jews were originally God's chosen people, but they were rejected. Why were they rejected? When they refused to accept J.C. as the Messiah. That's why they were rejected. So, the problem is that God says numerous places in the, in the Torah, the Bible as well, that his, the covenant with the Jewish nation will be forever. They will never be forsaken. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, it doesn't really make sense. God, how, did the, how was the Torah given? It was given publicly. It was a huge public announcement. And, you know, God has a track record for doing everything publicly when it's supposed to be done. So there was a big, it was a big hole, you know, to do when the, we got the Torah. Now, if it was going to be like, okay, listen, we're going to do an etch-a-sketch, you know, this is bad, we're going to start over with the Christian thing, wouldn't you think, you know, with God's track record, shouldn't it be another whole shebang? Not just like one guy come by through some sketchy, you know, thing and be like, hey, by the way, you know, I'm the Messiah, you know, let's, let's follow me. And the reason why I'm doing that is because those are the people that come to me and tell me that the Messiah. So, um, anyways, but don't you think that this would be something that, you know, would have been in the Torah originally. It could have been something like this. Be like, okay, God gives the Torah. Hey, guys, here's the Torah. Um, let's put a little FYI, an asterisk, you know, on the bottom over there. It'd be in about 1,300 years, um, it's going to get so hard that your guys are not going to be able to do it. But don't worry. I'm going to send my son, who's going to be a prophet. He's going to be the Savior. He's going to be Shiach. He's, uh, he's also going to be God. Did I mention that he's going to be my son? Oh, yeah, he's going to come, and he's just going to take care of everything. We're just like, don't worry about this whole thing. It's very temporary. And then all you got to do is just believe in him. That would have been an important clause to put in the in the New Testament. I'm sorry, the old in the Old Testament. <clears throat> my my voice is slowly fading <laughs> into oblivion. Okay, <clears throat> it's Allah. It's Allah trying hard. Okay, so and then God could have continued and be like, listen, um, don't worry that when you open up the New Testament, it's going to be thousands of mistakes. Just don't worry about it. Trust me, it's okay. Um, you know, just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. You know, everybody. Just believe. Everyone just believe, and everything is going to be good, right? Just believe, and it's all going to be all right. Where? Where do you get that from? Where do you even see that? Like, how does that even make sense? doesn't make sense. Furthermore, at least, okay, if you don't want to do that, at least God could God was, was you know, he also has a track record for giving, for giving warnings. Paro, who subjugated the Jewish nation, he gave him warnings. Don't you think he would have given the Jewish people a warning? I'm not even saying in the time then. Beforehand, giving the Torah, guy, hey guys, listen. You know, serious over here, right? Come on, focus, right? Keep the Torah, because if you're not going to keep the Torah, I'm going to find somebody else who's going to do it. 
right? It's like somebody who has a lot of kids. They're like, I have too many kids. I could just send you out. I have 10 more of you. I don't need you here. Like, God could have done that. God could have said, listen, we don't need you. We have, I have so many nations I could pick. you got to listen to the Torah. Yet it doesn't say that. No matter how much time the Jewish person sinned, no matter how far the Jewish person falls, God does not forsake that person. God waits for that person to come back to Judaism. Nowhere does it say that God's going to take another nation. God's going to take another, um, you know, religion. Okay, so now, the... Good, we're good on time, Bokushan. The, um, the New Testament, first of all, the JC himself contradicts the Torah. And that, first of all, he says, if you go look in John 1, uh, chapter 1, 40, verse 45, and chapter 9, verse 16, he, um, he, you know, he says that the commandments are no longer valid. And the, and if you look, let's say, in John 9, chapter 9, verse 14, he records that, uh, JC, he made a, he made a mud, a paste on Shabbat, in violation of Shabbat. Which caused the Pharisees to say, oh, look, he doesn't, he doesn't observe the Shabbat. This is all in the New Testament. So we see over here, he himself broke the Shabbat. And then he gives an excuse, I'm the Lord of Shabbat, I'm whatever, I'm the Father, whatever. So Matthew, uh, which I, you know, I, I can't even begin, but like, what does that mean? You know, like, God created the world in seven days, rested on the seventh day. So his son is better. His son is better than God. It doesn't, you know, uh, whatever. Okay, it doesn't even matter. Uh, Matthew, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. JC went through the grain fields on Shabbat. His disciples were hungry. So they went and they picked some heads of grain to eat them. And again, that's a violation of Shabbat. The Pharisee saw them and says, Ah, look, your disciples are not keeping Shabbat. Ah, I'm the Lord of Shabbat. That's what he says. I'm the Lord of Shabbat. Relax, everybody. I can do what I want. That's nice new things. All right. The, and if you look at Matthew 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 8, Mark chapter 2, verse 28, and Luke chapter 6, verse 5, he is the Lord of Shabbat. You know, he could do whatever he wants. Um, but then, it's very interesting, because if you look in Matthew chapter 5, what does G- J.C. say? J- Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the laws, but I have come to fulfill them. And, and I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until it is all accomplished. Go figure now. This is talking about bipolar over here. I don't even know where to turn to. Like, when I was reading this, I'm like, I don't even understand. I really don't. I, with all honesty and sincerity for all the Christian people who believe this, I don't understand how you can believe in it if there's so many mistakes and there's so many contradictions. I, you know, I, and I'll give, I, I do, I do know the reason why. You know what, I'll give you the reason now. Besides that, they won't, they don't even, they don't even want to know. You, you want to know why? Why they're so, why they're so into this? Um, and the answer is very simple. Because, uh, they love Jesus. Jesus was always there for them. You know, when, ever since they're younger, they have a strong connection to it. And he was always very good to them. It's very easy. Just believe and you're okay. So why would they give up on that? A person sometimes likes to live in denial because it's just safer and it's just nicer. I don't want to change. I don't want to hear that. And they live in that, in that, and they don't want to ask too many questions because they are happy where they are. Where do people start coming out of Christianity and going to become a Noahide or even going to convert to Judaism, is when they start saying, listen, that's not enough for me. That's not enough for me to be, I want to know the truth. And that is what we're doing. We're always seeking the truth. Judaism is known for seeking the truth. We, not only, we tell people, you need to ask questions. Ask questions on the Torah. It doesn't make sense, you ask for it. Why are we so confident that we're telling everybody to ask questions on the Torah? Because there's answers. You know why the, what the church says? Don't ask, son, just believe. But father, I didn't <laughs> believe, my son, believe. And this is where the believe goes again. Everything's believe. Everything's got to believe, believe, believe. <sighs> okay. All right. So, <laughs> and you look at it. If the entire Torah was, it, they hold that it's true. But they, they don't keep it. Right over here, Matthew chapter 5. Right? It was at verse 17, 21, somewhere around that, uh, that area. Um, so it says specifically that you're supposed to keep it. 
Yet they don't keep Shabbat. They don't keep uh, you know. They don't keep pork. Um, you know they don't keep pork. They eat pork. Um, they you know you know. Let's even go Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. They don't keep any of that. Oh, but what do they keep? Uh, Xmas and Easter. That they keep. Problem is, is, first of all, those 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 things are not even mentioned in the New Testament. It's not mentioned in the Gospels. Where is it mentioned? You know these things in the. It came afterwards. All pagan stuff. Okay. So we see over here that that JC doesn't really live up to his own rules, and we'll give some more some more proofs and examples from that. Um, this hypocrisy. Matthew chapter five verse forty three. JC says, "Love your enemies, bless those who curse you." Sounds very nice, and do good to those who hate you. Right? It's a very nice and fine and dandy lesson. Problem is, if you look at Luke chapter nineteen verse twenty seven, take my enemies who would not have me rule over them and bring them here and kill them before me. I have a question. Yeah. Hey, JC. Um, question. You just said before that you're supposed to love them. What happened over here all of a sudden? You want them to be killed before you. Like, you know, if they don't follow me, they got to be killed. You know, they're killed. And then furthermore, you know, he didn't even, you know, he, he, anybody who did not believe him. Look at John chapter 3, verse 36. He who, belie- who believes in the Son has everlasting life. But he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. Where is this love that you've always been preaching? You know, I brought the sword. Where's all this love? And even more, the, um, you look, you look at this, uh, you know, interesting story. So JC in Matthew chapter 21, verse 18 and 19, he was, um, you know, he was, uh, he was on the way to the big city and, um, he got hungry. First of all, that's a question for me. I'm like, as another question, I'm like, aren't you God? Like, what do you mean you're hungry? Like, all of a sudden you got, and this is not, what is he writing his diaries? He's like, as I was walking to the city, and I was, I was really hungry. And I was, you know, like, where, where does this even come into? Where do you see, like, you know, you, you're, you're godlike. Even if, yeah, you never see anything that's godlike, you know, speaking about, oh, I was hungry. But anyways, who are we to question in the New Testament? The, Matthew, right? And so he goes on, he says he felt hungry, and he went hungry, so he saw a fig tree near the road. And he went up to the fig tree to get some figs. But he saw that it was nothing, it was but leaves. So he got very, he said to the tree, may you never bear fruit anymore. Why don't you have any figs? And the tree withered up and died. Um, so if you look at Mark chapter 11 verse 13, it says that it makes it in plain view that this was not even the season for the fig tree to do it. What was he expecting it? Like it wasn't the se- why are you cursing a fig tree? It's not even its fault. It's not the season to do it. And furthermore, is that you want to show your miraculous, miraculous power, make it bear fruit. Come on, do it. Dun, dun, dun. Let's see, bear fruit. Well, you curse it and, and wither it. And to make this, this story even funnier, uh, you look at the Gemara and Tanit, chapter 24, uh, page 24 a.m., sorry. A very similar incident that happened with Rabbi Yossi's son. They were travel. Uh, they were, I'm um, sorry, he wanted to provide for his father's workers, he wanted to provide them some, some, uh, um, some food. So there was a fig tree, but it was beer. So he said, fig tree, fig tree, send forth your fruit so that my father's workers may eat. And uh, the Gemara says that it was a miracle that it, that went and the tree produced fruits before its time. So here we see a guy who doesn't claim to be God, is able to produce, you know, from the time, you know, he's talking about the people in the Gemara were able to revive the dead. He was able to bring fruit. But JC, the son of God, he couldn't do anything. He, couldn't, he was so hungry. He was so starving. And he couldn't bring fig, fig, I, I you know. Again, don't believe. Furthermore, look at this. Let's see J.C. versus Rabbi Akiva, how they died. What happened when, when J.C. dies? You look at Mark, chapter 15, verse 34, and Matthew, chapter 27, verse 46. He says, as he's, as he's dying, what does he say? He says, Keli, Keli, lama azaftani. Well, my God, why have you forsaken me? So I also have a question on that. I'd be like, if you're God, so who are you talking, you're talking to yourself? Like, why have I forsaken myself? Like, what, what does that mean? God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he's laying, dying there on the cross. Furthermore, let's look at how Rabbi Akiva died. Rabbi Akiva was being combed to death with an iron burning comb through his thing. And what did he say as his soul left his say? He said, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. He didn't complain to God. He praised God. 
That's how, it, and it says, with Echad, his, his soul left his, his body. So you have over here, JC, son of God, he's complaining to, to God, to himself, to God, you know, I, I can't figure that out. But he's complaining. Who is he complaining to? He, and, but yet, somebody who's just a righteous Jew, he's not complaining when he dies? And this is what they represent their God with? There is, um, you know, we know that Eliyahu Hanavi is supposed to come and anoint Mashiach, Mashiach ben David. So we see, if you want to see this, he's Malachi chapter 3, verse uh, 23 and uh, verse 24. So who was Eliyahu in the time of JC? Who was the guy? You know, because they obviously they make everything plug in. Who was the guy? So if you look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, chapter um, 17, verse 12, also, it says that Eliyahu was John the Baptist. He was Eliyahu Anabi. So the problem with that is, is that if you look in John chapter 1, verse 21, he says of himself that he is not Eliyahu. And I'll quote you. They asked of him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, he said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, no. Go figure. Go, Matthew and, and uh, you know, John, go fight it out. So there's so many contradictions. There's so many. And go, go you know, you're, if somebody's a Christian and he's listening to these things, or somebody, God forbid, is, is a Jewish person and he's following these things, and, and you know, hopefully by God's mercy, the, the, something like this actually came into his lap and he's able to watch it, go do research. Go ask. Go ask. Start asking questions. You're going to see. There's a reason. We're confident. Go ask. You'll see the real truth. You know, um... It says in many places in uh, the New Testament that J.C. is referred to as son of as uh, the son of of the man, which means as basically the um, like godlike. And if you look, it's it's more it's more it's mostly in John, John chapter one, chapter three, chapter five, chapter six, and chapter eight. Also speaks about it that we know also that God is not a man. That the, the, it says it in Numbers twenty three verse nineteen, Hosea um, chapter eleven verse nine. There is only one God, no Trinity. We spoke about that. So the problem is over here that in Isaiah chapter eleven. Verse 1, 2, 3, it says Mashiach will be imbued with the fear of heaven, the fear of God. He's going to be fear, he's going to have a fear of God of him. How could, you know, if JC is the Messiah, so who is he scared of? Again, he's scared of himself, is that the same person who he's crying to? And like, what is going on over here? It doesn't make any sense. How could you be scared of God if you are God? Who are you scared of? Your father? Which you're part of him? Furthermore, it, you know, if God rejected the Jews for not accepting, you know, you know, Jesus, so as a Christian claim, then why have we survived? Why has God, you know, we're the forsaken nation. We should have been annihilated. We should have been removed already. For 2,000 years, you know, the new, the new religion, the new, the new Testament, this is what's out over here, but God still kept us alive. Now, if we were some little island and nobody bothered us, then fine, okay, listen, they just kept on going. But we're persecuted nonstop by the Christians, by the Islam. Wherever we are, we are killed, murdered, abused, and we're still here. So why is that? Why is God still keeping us around? The forsaken people. So... And furthermore, that you know, JC commandment. If you look at Matthew chapter ten, his disciples to preach to all the Jews only, and not to the Gentiles. We see obviously that uh, that was changed. That we're almost finished over here. Where are we on time? Oh, perfect. Okay. So, one thing I want to end with um, <clears throat> is the virgin birth. The virgin birth. Um, so they claimed that it was, you know, that obviously, you know, Mary had an immaculate conception, uh, came directly from God, and uh, therefore, um, thus is the son of God. The, if you look at it, it's very interesting. If you look at history, and, and many, and I say many of the pagan religions, all had a virgin birth. And I will go list through a few of them. So, Hor- the legend of Horus. He was an ancient myth in Egypt. And this was worshipped way before J.C. came into, into, uh, into being. His mother Isis was, you know, was also a godlike. And he was also um, stated that he was also conceived as a, as a virgin. This, uh, this um, the Horus. So, 
And there was many, there was, there was actually many similarities. If you go through these things, you'll see that where they, what they did was they took a lot of the pagan idolatry religions and they combined it into their things. This was their tactic to try to get more people to come to their religion. And you, you look at it, both of them, I'm talking about Hasdol Horaces or Horus over here, they were both baptized at the age of 30. Both had 12 disciples. Both walked on water, cast out demons, healed the sick, and restored the sight to the blind. Both of them apparently did the same exact things. Both gods delivered a sermon on the mound. Both were crucified. Horus was sent to hell and resurrected in three days. JC was sent to hell and came back three days later. Oh, wow, what a coincidence. Everything is exactly the same. Both are associated with the zodiac sign of Pisces. You know, the fish. You know why you have, you see the, the fish in all these cars. Um, so, that's, that's with Horus. Krishna, right? We know, everybody knows uh, about Krishna. Krishna was also the born of the Krishna of India, I'm talking about. He was also uh, born a virgin to Devaki. He was also a virgin. And also after that, the infant Krishna spoke to his mother soon after he was born. And they say also that J.C. also spoke in his cradle. Right? As uh, I guess very while he was still a baby, he goes, he says, Mary, I'm Jesus, the Son of God. And then he goes on to say another few things. Um, so it's just, you know, apparently this is what happened. Buddha. Buddha was also born of a virgin named Maya, which is something very similar to Mary. That's, uh, that's who he was uh, born to. And guess what? His birthday was also celebrated on December 25th. And he was also visited by wise men who acknowledged his divinity. Osiris, which was the father of Horus, we spoke before, another another virgin-born god of ancient Egypt. Mithra, Persian sun god, also virgin-born in a cave, also on December twenty-fifth. And there's examples and examples. I don't want to go through over here. You have your Jupiter, Tamu. There's like there's like nonstop stuff over here of what um, they were. Um, all these things. That all of a sudden, it just so happened to work out that oh, guess what? Also, JC was born a virgin. I wonder where they got. You know, everything had to plug into that someplace. So. What we end off is, this should be very, very obvious. It should be very, very obvious to everybody with every proof that we brought in here. And, and I welcome people to come in and tell me maybe I was, I was something wrong. I'm open to it. Please, you know, by all means. I, you know, if I was wrong in anything, feel free. But I, you know, I feel that I was not wrong with one thing here. Not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I did the research. And if I am, I'll, I'll announce it. I have no problem with that. But, for sure, I wasn't wrong in, any, in all these things. That's for sure. And if I wasn't wrong with that, and if anything that I mentioned here was wrong, then the entire religion is false, fake, and it's a fraud and phony. And if someone, God forbid, is still stuck with that, it is time to leave. It's time to leave that, this, this terrible, there's, there's no hope in the next world for somebody who's in the, um, you know, is stuck in this, in this religion. And that's why I want to end off very quickly. What are, so the Jews, we know we have to come back to Judaism. Gentiles, they don't have to be, they don't have to convert to Judaism. The Gentiles could have a share in the world to come, in the next world, and they don't have to join the religion. All they have to do is keep the seven Noahide laws. So, very briefly and very quickly, we'll go through the seven Noahide laws, just, and anybody could just go and, and, uh, really Google it and it should, uh, more or less come out. Uh, pray that I hope that you, you know, pick a Jewish site and not one of those, I don't know, twisted, uh, you know, Christian sites. But, number one is you have to believe that there's one God. This, by the way, takes ready, ready rid of, of Christianity who says that there's a, tr- a trinity. Number two, do not curse God. We're gonna say it very simple. Number three, do not murder. Number four, do not commit adultery. So far, so good. Pretty easy. Uh, number five, do not steal. Number six, do not eat, eat a live animal. This is a big problem for a lot of the Asian community, which like to eat, you ever seen that? They eat octopuses, like little, little squids, whatever they, you know, like while they're still, I've seen this, this is disgusting, and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna explain this to you, and you're not gonna like it, but I, I, someone sent me this video, where they take this like, uh, mini, it looked like a mini octopus, like, a, like little, like this big, and they take it with chopsticks, and they dip it, into like this, uh, it looked like a mustard sauce, like this mustard sauce, and then they put it in their mouth and they eat it. That, that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was its tentacles like came out of the, and he swirled it up like, 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 uh, like, uh, what is that, spaghetti. And it kept on popping up and it was like, I was like, oh, so good. You know, I'm like, I'm like, no, oh, that's so disgusting. I'm like, you know, so that is a big problem. They eat evil menachai, they eat live animals. You're not allowed to eat a live animal. Now let, 
Live? Now they need live. No. Uh, well, the truth is, I wonder if the fish would be anything different. Where, who, who eats live fish? Oh, because it's saying... Eat live fish? Yeah, because it's dead after... <laughs> Once it gets out, unless you eat it really quickly. <laughs> right, right out as it gets out of the water. So, anyways, that's number six. Number seven is to establish a court system and, and followed by the laws. Fairly simple. Fairly simple things, not doing anything crazy. Seven Noahide laws, you're considered a righteous person. Yeah? Again, one is one God. Number two, do not curse God. Number three, do not murder. Number four, do not commit adultery. Number five, do not steal. Number six, do not eat a live animal. And number seven, establish a court system. Any questions? No questions. Very, very clear, right? Everyone knows now that... And and this, by the way, why are we learning it particularly today? Because being that we spoke about so much, now you can see, based on what sometimes you can learn by a negative on what the positive should be. So now we see what Mashiach was supposed to do and how he didn't do it. Now we have more or less, and I feel like you should have a better understanding when Mashiach does come, we should have a very clear understanding of what is supposed to happen over here, based on that. Good? You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.